podcast, ranked number one podcast in all of Oak Bluff. I'm Jerry Oster. This is Dwayne Gala. I don't know, Chew. You got to change this last name. It's impossible to say. No one knows how to spell it. And I'll keep trying, but I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, and back by popular demand, we have... Taylor Bradshaw, how is everyone doing today? Doing really well, and uh, that's not the first time that somebody uh, has uh, mis- mistakenly pronounced my last name. I had a lot of trouble uh, as a young kid, but uh, that's why I got all these ni- different nicknames. One of the first ones I had was Three uh, Y. Three Y. Three Y. Three Y is my last name, so that's uh, they, that was one way they had. But uh, over the years, I've had different nicknames. I've had uh, Chuck. I've had uh, Gilly, but uh, Chewy stuck with me, and uh, that's maybe another story how I got that nickname for another podcast. You must be like uh, a really un- unreal speller with that last name. Uh, I've, I've learned to spell it very, very well. I, I remember as a young kid, my mom ordering stuff on the phone from the Eaton's catalog and having to spell out the last name every time she ordered something, so I got to know how to spell it very quickly. And Taylor, back by popular demand, how are you? Well, Jerry, feeling a little under the weather, but doing pretty good. So we had Taylor on the podcast uh, last week uh, when we interviewed Kayla Friesen. Uh, It was a great interview. We talked hockey. We talked uh, sports. We talked golf. And uh, Kayla let us in on a little uh, golf game that she was going on with Taylor. And this week, Taylor has shown up in a walking boot so without further ado, Taylor, why don't you run us through the first uh, story of why you're wearing a boot today? Well, the boot came with a nice golf game that I thought was going to be nice and pleasurable, but turned into uh, too much fun. So what happened was I was feeling really confident in Kayla's golf game. She was hitting balls like no tomorrow for the first, I would say, 10 holes. We got to about hole 12, and we are feeling pretty confident. We saw a few trick shot videos, and we tried to reenact one where she tried to uh, tee up a golf ball on between my feet, and it turns out she doesn't have very good aim, and she missed the golf ball completely but hit my ankle. Made a really good connection, resulting in what I think is a broken, uh, broken right foot there. Ouch. Yeah, so uh, to the listeners, again, if sometimes it's hard to hear a story and you kind of go, oh, man, I wish I could see this video. Well, don't worry. Okay, we got you covered here. Um, <laughs> it was actually picked up uh, by Barstool Canada, uh, Taylor, uh, trick shot. So if you're bored and you want to check this video out, you can go to Barstool Canada, uh, watch Taylor in action, breaking her foot. Um, very confident, very confident girl, uh, very confident in Kayla's golf swing. I have to say, if I was doing that trick shot, I may have told the person doing it, maybe not a full swing. Yeah, Kayla did not hesitate. <laughs> she was really confident in that swing. Did she do the happy Gilmore, like run at it? Um, nope, no, she didn't oh. entirely. She uh, did have a nice powerful swing though, so left a bruise, that's for sure. Oh. It's worth it if you make a national uh, website, I think. I guess so, but uh, only thing I got from it was a couple Instagram followers. That's all right. Well, you know what? You'd think the fun and shenanigans, I say shenanigans every episode, <laughs> uh, would stop there, but no, they didn't. Okay, so now another video has surfaced. Same golf course, same day. I believe a two holes after the trick shot, uh, Taylor was trying to do the old 
pick up the ball with the cart still moving. And uh, again, I don't want to tell the story here, Taylor. And you tell this story. This, this video was actually, I think, better than the broken foot video. Well, what was happening in this video was all in Kayla's head. She had it pre-planned already. I was doing a nice uh, drive-by pickup of the ball. So I was clearly standing in the cart because I wasn't going to lean over too much. But uh, tried to stand up and Kayla thought it'd be great to pull out her phone and uh, turn on the record button and slam on the brake. So as that happened, I fell right out of the cart and did a nice face plant. Um, many viewers of that video would think that my face is completely destroyed, but it's not at all, actually. The only thing I got from that video was a nice scratch on the hand. So, Chu, you ever fall out of a golf cart? I'm sure that's happened one or two times to you. Yeah, it's happened. It, uh, it was influenced by some other things that uh, I wasn't, you know, trying to bend over and get a, uh, you know, a golf ball. But uh, I was influenced by some other uh, resources maybe at that time. But I have fallen out of a golf cart or two. Uh, you know, but uh, this story is just like never ending. Like uh, this is like one of those games, like off the the Caddyshack movie when the yeah. when the father's having his game of his life. This is kind of like a a lifelong memory of the of the golf course. Well, the good thing is you say lifelong memories. Sometimes with lifelong memories, it's sad because you you know you have it just in your head, and if you forget that memory, it's gone. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, once again, this was captured on video. And again, you're probably saying, Jarrett, would love to see the video. It's a podcast. Well, we got you covered. This video was actually put on a different website, Golfers Doing Things. And if you want to go check that video out, I'm telling you right now, I've watched it 20 to 25 times. I'm never going to get tired of watching Taylor uh, try to run out of the golf cart at about... 15 kilometers, uh, first of all, wearing opposite shoes because her foot's already broken, <laughs> face planting and doing a scorpion type uh, look on the cart path. So for all those uh, people listening here, uh, you want to check out some funny videos of Taylor's weekend of golf. That's Barstool Canada and golfers doing things. My next question here is when do you guys want to go golfing? Well, when you get out of Daboot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know when you're going golfing with Kayla next. I want to have a video of that golf game. Honestly, probably never. That was a one, <laughs> one and done experience for me with that girl. So guys, we got King Colsar coming up from the Chicago Wolves AHL and the Vegas Knights NHL. We, he's a longtime client of the rink, so we're super pumped to have him on. Let's get to the interview. Looking forward to it. So welcome to the podcast, Keegan Colsar. Keegs, how's it going, buddy? I'm great. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thanks for coming on. So uh, rumor has it you're uh, looking for a house these days or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm starting to think about downsizing, so don't have a place to relax in the summers for much longer. Seems like yesterday you were just a little guy. Now you're growing up buying houses. I was trying to scum free Gatorade a couple of years ago and now I'm looking at buying a house. It's crazy how time flies. What's the, what's the go-to one feature you need in the house you're looking for? Like what's the, the must have in the house? Can it be anything? Anything. Cool. Cause the summers here are insane. <laughs> and you play in, you're going to play in Vegas. Let's go. <laughs> like, I hate the heat so much. I, I am a, I'm a winter guy. 
like not Winnipeg winter, but like, old, like I like the cold. Good. Nice. Well, if you get a pool, you know that you got to have a, you got to have a rink day where you invite some of the skill instructors over and yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll go for a rip in the pool. Perfect. I'd have to have it up to code though. I need everything I need for you guys to come. I can't show you <laughs> a half-ass pool, I guess. Well, you'll need some, uh, some life jackets if Taylor comes over there because Right now, she's a walking disaster with her boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the injury list is long with her right now. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about but it. You know what? She's still getting by. She's battling through the pain. Exactly. She's yeah. a superstar. That that day would be like the on Caddyshack when all the caddies were allowed to swim in the pool. That that that's what the skill the skill coach's day would be in like in your pool. I'd have to have a couple of free sessions the rest of the summer for that one. <laughs> yeah. If it yeah. ends up like that, then I'm definitely gonna need a brand new pool probably. <laughs> yeah. So Coley, um, you know, I was kind of thinking back. When was the uh, when was the first time you started training with the rink? It's been so many years. Do you remember? Yeah, it was just the rink. Elite wasn't there. It was like me, Jackson, Jonesy, Court, a couple other guys that we played spring hockey together with. We would come up there and train, and like we would just go play dodgeball upstairs. It was hilarious. Nice. And um, individual skill development uh, has been a big part of your game. Why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about why you like it and how it's helped you throughout the years? Yeah, it's been nice. Just back at, um, we're in Laos and Crescent there. Um, we just worked on small area stuff, making short, tight, quick quick plays. And, um, you know, over the years, we've expanded in ice. And, and you guys have, you know, three great um, sheets there. We can work on small stuff. You have mid-sized stuff you want to work on. You have the full ice, and um, you know it's it's easy to incorporate those things into your game if you can if you're able to do you know stuff in a small area. It only translates to bigger ice for you. For sure. You know, with you having the background now doing individual training, what type of advice would you give the young young hockey players? Like, what would be a couple things that they would, you know, come to the rink to work on that you've had, you know, some success and some past history with that have really helped your game? Yeah, I, I definitely think skating's the biggest part um, that's helped my game over the years. Um, you see it now, like the game is so fast. Guys are getting quicker and quicker. And I think a lot of skill work, you know, it's easy to do with you guys, you know, on the ice, off the ice, um, back in the day when we could go off the ice and work on skill. But the biggest thing I would, I would tell little kids is, you know, work on the skating with the, with the training staff there because they know what they're doing and it, and it helps. And it's, it's only going to get you farther and farther. Looking at your career, you know, you went out to Seattle, not many guys have the opportunity, first of all, a to play in the WHL, but to play in the WHL for one team. Why don't you tell us a little bit what that was like and how special that was? Yeah, I, I forged some of the strongest bonds with, uh, with my teammates. You know, we, we just had a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago when we won it, um, just to, you know, commemorate what a great year that was. And we always go to Ethan Bear's, um, uh, his reservation in the summers. Um, we have a camp there. This year is going to be canceled because of COVID, obviously. But I always stay in close contact with them. We'll FaceTime as a group once a week, usually, or just individually. We'll all just call each other and catch up. Um, Seattle, I, I love Seattle. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy they're getting an NHL team. Maybe one day I would head back there and, and see, you know, how much the game has grown over the years since I was there. But, um, you know, I have nothing but great memories there. And, and to cap it off my last year with winning the championship was awesome. What uh, you choose, you know, you chose um, the WHL route. Like, was that a decision that came easy to you? Or was it a decision that you were looking at the NCAA or other options to, you know, uh, kind of, you know, chase your dream of becoming a professional hockey player? Uh, college really wasn't in my mind too much. Um, Jackson and I were close. Like, you know, we were 
always going after it um, in minor hockey together. So we went our own different ways, but we always, you know, talked about, you know, which way we were going to go. And, you know, Jackson got drafted to Swift Current, and uh, I think we just had different, you know, situations. I, I thought I was a pretty developed, bigger guy that could handle the league. And, and Jackson, um, he was more suited towards going to school and getting his an education. And I was a first-round draft pick, and they signed me. They wanted to sign me so quick. So that right there for me was like, okay, they want me to play at an early age. So that helped my um, that helped my decision and they flew me out and gave me the whole tour. So I was like, okay, they're fully committed in me. And, you know, they want me a part of their program. So um, made my choice a lot easier. Funny story about uh, first time I met Keegan, someone said you were doing some skating, some skill development. Someone said, Hey, how, how old do you think that guy is out there? And I took a look and I was like, Oh no, like 19, 20 years old. <laughs> and they're like, no, he's 13. <laughs> Got a full arcade. Thought it was funny. Yeah. And I just, I thought it was so cool that you know here is this thirteen-year-old in a man body, and I'm a man in a thirteen-year-old body. So <laughs> I kind of did a little reversal there. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to grow a mustache like you. So I was, <laughs> man, a mustache is nice to have. Some facial hair. I have just peach fuzz. Oh no, it's coming. It's coming soon. <laughs> when you get into the, the deep playoff run, you're going to rock when I have a feeling. I honestly should have just had a COVID beer and see how long I could have got. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned um, Zooming with uh, your boys there from Seattle. Your last year in Seattle, you guys went all the way. You won the Western, uh, the WHL championship and then went to the Memorial Cup. Um, could you share with us a story along the way? I'm sure you got a lot, but maybe a memory that will stick with you the rest of your life. Oh, God. I would say that final game was probably the most memorable, not just because we won it, but um, we came back 3-1. We Ethan Bear had a broken hand for us, so he was playing you know, nowhere near what he could be, but he was still lights out. We lost Turner Ottenbright first shift. He hit uh, someone from behind and got kicked out. Everyone was hurt with something, you know, that's just how playoffs goes. And we went down 3-1 and we, we battled back and, and we won it in overtime. You know, there's no, I don't think there's a better way to win a game in that sense and than overtime. And um, my roommate was the one that got the goal. So we both have that. And, um, you know, it was just something special that I always have. That's the most memorable is just, being down and we could have lost that and went to a game seven. It would have been probably the next big thing in my life, but right there was probably takes the cake. You know, you hear coaches or you hear players talk about, you know, uh, you know, the years that they won championships and there was a turning point during uh, the course of a season, or if there was something that happened a game, like you're talking about now, but maybe like something that brought the team together. And you remember a moment like that, that maybe you knew that this team was going to be something special. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something happened off ice and our coach <laughs> lost it on us, like lost it. And, Right then and there, he's like, if you guys do not win this game, you are, you're screwed. Like there's, there's no recovering from what I'm going to do to you guys. <laughs> so we were like, okay guys, like we got to, we got to turn it on here. We were like bottom of the pack that in that sense, cause he was mad on top of what we did and our place. And so we're like, okay guys, we got to turn it on. And I think from that game on, we went and had like a 16 game win streak. Like we, we didn't, we lost one game at home the rest of the year from that point on. So. That's what I knew. We were like, okay, like we got this. Like we just had to get a, a huge wake up call and our coach found a way to do it. Good. That's awesome. So chatting with you the other day, um, we talked a little bit about your last couple of years, your last three or four years and, and the grind that your body's been through. Why don't you tell us a little bit? I mean, 
we just touched on the Memorial Cup uh, the next couple of years and, and how special, you know, going up with Vegas for their playoff run was and, and just how you keep your body in shape when you are going so deep into, you know, the summer months. Yeah, this is this has been weird for me being home. I got home in March. Haven't done that since I was 17. I got into the finals 18 and 19. I joined Vegas for the run when I was 20. So I was there until June and then Calder Cup last year. So being home this early was kind of weird and like I don't know what to do with myself besides, you know, you know, golf every day. If I didn't have that because of COVID, I don't know, I'd honestly be lost. But it's hard. It's hard. Um, my first year there going to the finals, I was so depleted. I was like, Hey, I, I don't just don't know how guys do this. And then we did it again and I got more used to it. And I think the farther you go in playoffs, the more your body can get accustomed to it. I think you just have to get to it. And then once you get to that point, you're like, okay, I know I can get there. It's easier. And last year, last year I felt great. And coming into the finals, I mean, we were playing in June for the championship. And once you get to that stage, it's like, okay, there's, there's nothing to say it for. Like, this is easy to get up for. You can win a championship. But uh, right now, I had a couple of injuries this year. And just to get some time to relax and kind of just let my body heal and, and not do too much, it's been, I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's it's nice to not be playing, but it's just nice to, you know, let my body recharge for a bit. So, uh, you know, you've you've taken the jump from playing in the Western Hockey League, uh, like we've talked about, going into the American Hockey League, into the NHL. You've had experience at all those three levels. What was... The first thing that, like, the one thing you at one time thought, hey, like, I'm in the NHL. Was it, like, all of a sudden the plane rides? Was it, like, the meal money? Was it the pregame meals? Or was it someone else that you've seen in the dressing room or maybe a warm-up or something like that? Like, what was that one time you realized you were in the NHL? Definitely my first game. After we played in San Antonio and I got a text from Kelly, our GM in Vegas, and he just said, hey, we're calling you up. You're going to play. And I was like, oh, wow, like, this is crazy. And then he goes, it's a team that drafted you. So I think that was the biggest moment. Like, oh, my God, like, it's come full circle. I'm going to be in the NHL and play against a team that drafted me. And it was special, too. I mean, they flew up my parents, and they put them, like, ringside for warm-ups, and I got to see them. And it was it was a special day all around. Cool. So you said uh, in your spare time you like to, to go golfing? Yeah, love it. I think like every other hockey player, we'd rather be golfing for sure than – training anything else you do in your free time besides golf or been playing a lot of crib against my mom she stinks so she's not much of a challenge but she's a good ego booster (laughs) um she is she's doing a lot of yard work so i'm the only one in the house here my brother and sister live with their dad right now so um i kind of help her out with whatever she needs i mean i don't pay rent here so it's something i can do um other than that, it's, it's golf full time and it could be, it's 18 hole standard. And sometimes we go 36. That's just, we have long days, you know, we spend the morning at the rink and then I have a huge gap. I'm like, okay, I gotta do something to fill it up. Uh, with the crib, crib games with your mom, do you guys play it where if like the person you're playing against, if they can see points that you don't count, like do you get to keep those points yourself? No, anything goes. Uh, We're pretty friendly. Oh, okay. We don't, we don't get too hostile. <laughs> yeah. Crib games can get pretty heated if you're playing against somebody like that. Uh, playing it like on the bus, like guys lose their mind. And I just like, okay, I'm done playing. I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. Are you, you're a movie guy on the bus. Not so much a card player or what? I love playing cards. When guys start getting butt hurt and being babies, then I just lose all <laughs> interest. Yeah. I hear you. Well, I wasn't ever invited to the card games cause all I know is go fish. So 
Okay. <laughs> I was usually told just to stay at the top, at the front of the bus and mind my own business. And walk. I'm actually the guy who's putting the VHS movies in. This is how old I am, by the way. Uh, putting the VHS in the movies. That was my job. No, that's good because you can you can get it run up a nice big tab if you if you're bad at cards. So I'm gonna stay away from it. No, exactly. I kind of wanted to be invited one time. It would have been nice, but you just want the invitation. Yeah, I was the favorite being in charge of the movies. Yeah. So well. Any questions you have left here, Chu? Uh, I don't think so. It's been uh, great to get to know you a little bit more. I've seen you play lots, uh, you know, as a coach and as a uh, radio personality. And it's been great to see how your career has developed. And I know that uh, you'll be able to continue on your way and looking forward to watching that. Thank you. I appreciate being on here too. It's can join a nice prestigious class of guys who can say they've been on the podcast. That's right. Well, we're, we're happy you could uh, make it on today and take some time out of your, your busy schedule of golf and house shopping. So again, we really appreciate it. And uh, we love that You've been a part of the Rink family for so long and and continue to be part of our family. So uh, all the best of luck, obviously, in the future. And when you guys get back, uh, we'll be uh, cheering for you. Can't wait. Can't wait to be on the ice next Tuesday. Right. Thanks, Keegs. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, so that was Keegan Colesar, a longtime Rink client. Uh, pretty fun interview, lots of information and uh, got to know Keegan uh, a little bit better today. Yeah, it sure was. It was interesting, you know, um, this, you know, hearing about his path and seeing how important it is for his skill development, you know, skating. And now that he's at the pro level and he knows how important it is, you can tell he's driven to get better. He knows he has to continue to get better. And this is a connection with the rink. It's really good to see someone that's come up through the whole program and, you know, reached his dream of playing in, 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 uh, in the NHL. Well, it's, you know, it's cool for me like when I first met Keegan I was actually the Iceman that's what I don't know if you guys know this about me but uh I dabbled a little bit in Zamboni and ice maintenance he actually still refers to me as Iceman there's still a couple hardcore uh rink clients that refer to me as Iceman but it's cool for me seeing him at such a young age and obviously the talent was there from the first time I ever saw him skate but to see him now like growing up you know, he's a man now. He's, you know, living his dream out, uh, playing in the AHL, playing in the NHL. Pretty cool to see it uh, kind of evolve right before our eyes, right? So um, pretty neat to have guys like that around the facility. I know a lot of the young kids look up to him when he comes in, and you've never seen anybody nicer with his time. For sure. He comes in, little kid asks for an autograph. He's the first one to stop, and and give a quick autograph. So we love having guys around the facility like that, that give back to the younger, the younger generation that look up to them. And we have clients all the time that stick around a little bit later in the summer so they can watch the pros. Cause again, in, we talk about it a lot to you and myself when we're out on the ice, <clears throat> there's a big difference between seeing a young kid that's playing say triple a or, or junior a even how they practice compared to a pro. Yeah. There's a big difference, right? So it's cool seeing some of the kids that are coming up. They watch, they watch, they, they see these guys and where they're at and they want to get there. And, and it's, it's cool to see a guy that takes his craft very seriously. And when he's out on the ice, 
um, you can tell that he does. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's the uniqueness about, you know, our new facility here. Well, it's not new anymore, but our, you know, our, our facility here that these kids can see them on the ice. They might bump into them going on or off the ice, or they might be bumping to them up and testify. It's just a unique situation that we have here and you're bang on with him. Like he's always stopping to chat to people, say hi, you know, good morning. And he's, he's the, you can hear him on the ice. He just loves being here and playing the game. I just wonder if he's getting annoying that it's always me asking for his autograph. (laughs) I thought the Iceman reference was the Top Gun. Like, I thought it had a Top Gun reference. Uh, I didn't know it was about the Zamboni days. No, I wish. I wish it was because of the Top Gun. <laughs> but, I, you know, I thought, you know, if I'm going to get into skill development, I want to start where – I want to start right at the ground zero. <laughs> and what do we skate on? We skate on ice. Put me on the bony. And let's be honest, that was one of my childhood <laughs> dreams. When kids come into the rink, I'll tell you what. When you're three, three through five, and you come into the ring for the first time, they're not, they're not asking where the hockey players are. They're saying, where's the dude with the mustache on the Zamboni waving at me every time he passes the window? <laughs> so let's end the podcast on the last voice crack of the day. Let's have a have a great weekend. Shoe, anything that you're having planned? No, I've got to do some fence repair, some more yard work, and then I'm uh, I'm hurt. I'm uh, hoping that I can get out on the golf course. I want to get out there, and I'm uh, going to make sure to wear my seatbelt in in the golf cart because if uh, my wife hears about the little accident Taylor had, she would get her phone out and press stop right away, and I would go flying. And uh, I don't think I have enough courage to do the tee off off my cankles, but uh, just looking to get get out in the course. Thanks. Well, I guess, um, you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, Chu, I'm going to leave us with a quote from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Be excellent to each other. Have a good weekend. Thanks, man. You too. Cause I'm-